Welcome into another emergency edition of the Ots and Audibles podcast. I feel like we're recording one of these every week now. Um, I'm the, you're, I'm, you're hearing my voice first. This is Eric Scopel. This is probably very unique for you. Usually you're listening to Matt Prem uh, introduce the podcast. Matt's on vacation, and as the joke has been on Tuck Territory, if you haven't seen, anytime Matt takes vacation, big stuff happens. And of course, here we are on Saturday, July 4th, myself and Kevin Wade breaking down another verbal commitment from Oregon's 2021 recruiting class. And it's another big one here, four-star wide receiver from the state of Mississippi. And we'll talk about that. That's not a place Oregon has had a lot of success historically. Isaiah Brevard, a six foot four wide receiver, four-star recruit um, in the 24-7 sports composite, the 140th best player nationally, regardless of position, 25th best rated wide receiver and the second best player from the state of Mississippi. So this is a big get for Oregon at wide receiver. This is the third verbal commitment from the position joining five-star Troy Franklin and a fellow four-star Chiron Ware Hudson. And those two are actually ranked um, pretty close to each other now in the 247 sports composite, um, Reverend and Ware Hudson. Uh, I'm joined by Kevin Wade, who's not always on the show, but when he's here, it's always a good time. Kevin, uh, thanks for joining us. Let's talk about Brevard here and, what this does for Oregon's class. Yeah, it's a big pickup. And I, I think things kind of happen suddenly. It's a name that we've definitely been tracking. I mean, he, he was offered in January. Um, and this kind of all came together. He was on Oregon's radar, but got that offer. I think, uh, let me look at my notes. January 23rd was when he picked up the offer, which yeah. if, if you go look at the timeline, you know who else was hired right around that time? Joe Moorhead, who was the former head coach of Mississippi State. So not only did, was he on the Ducks' radar, but Joe Moorhead recruited him heavily at Mississippi State, being out of the state of Mississippi. And it, it's a guy that, as soon as he got that offer, Oregon was one of his top schools. So there was no denying that Oregon was a top school for him. And as he's released a top 10, a top 7, a top 5, Oregon has been right there this entire time. And so he made the jump to commit. Um, kind of just it just happened so it is a little bit of a surprise uh the ducks are adding a major piece another top 150 recruit to this already ridiculous i think is the best way to put it absolutely offensive recruiting class i mean what they're what they've been building they have now multiple let's just say go top 200 um wide receivers three of them now a top 100 quarterback a top 100 lineman um I had to look at the full rankings, but another top tight end. I mean, they have two top tight ends. They've got really good offensive line class being built with a few targets still left on the board. And I mean, you can already look at this and say, this is Oregon's best offensive recruiting class ever. And there's still some big pieces, some top 100 pieces on the board for Oregon. So I think Brevard just adds another uh, nice layer to this class. In terms of the team rankings, Oregon jumps to 253.04 in the total score there. That We can now say Oregon has the top-rated class in the Pac-12, and that's not something we've been able to say this cycle for a while. Um, they jump USC. Those two had been deadlocked um, for the last week or so um, following Oregon's most recent verbal commitment. Um, this is going to be fun to follow, Kevin, going down the stretch here of Oregon and USC jockeying for position. Oregon holds – the edge right now, but there's certainly enough prospects USC is in on that this is going to continue to be competitive. Um, we should say Oregon now, um, certainly in the top five nationally in the recruiting rankings. This is a pretty big deal for Oregon and USC to be sitting up here 
um, especially because the Pac-12 really hasn't had the last two or three cycles another big dog besides Oregon. So it's been kind of fun to see USC step up there. Um, the Ducks do take the advantage there um, in the 247 sports team rankings over USC, though, after Brevard's commitment. Yeah, the, the big thing that I'm, I'm curious, I, I think with Oregon's success in the month of May and June and now into early July – I think everyone kind of thought, all right, Oregon's at 16 commitments, USC is at 17 commitments. But you look at USC's commitment list and their top two commitments are both quarterbacks right now. So a lot of people have been wondering, like, can they really sustain top two, top 60 quarterbacks? Uh, Hold on to those guys. So that's something a lot of people are watching and why I think we all kind of felt Oregon would eventually pass USC in the team rankings. But now that it's happened, uh, I think it really just goes back to Oregon's strength of class, uh, just picking up a lot of um, blue chip players. Oregon now has 11 blue chip, um, the 12 blue chip commitments in this class compared to USC's 11. Um, and so I think that's just the overall strength of class or why these two are battling. I think Oregon is just starting to take that little bit of edge now that they're at a comparable number of commitments. USC move past the Ducks in the late winter, early spring, because they just had so many commitments. I mean, they were sitting at 15 plus commitments while the Ducks were still under 10 commitments. So I think Oregon has taken the lead. It might yo-yo a little bit, but I think we're going to see down the stretch that Oregon should hold on to the top class in Pac-12. And if they do, it's three straight years, something that I think, uh, no one else has been able to do against USC. I think UCLA might have had one year, uh, two out of three years, but never back-to-back with the top class. Let's talk really quickly just about what Oregon's getting now at wide receiver here in this class. You mentioned Troy Franklin and Kyron Ware-Hudson, previous verbal equipments. Now they have Isaiah. And I might be mispronouncing the name. Is it Brevard or Brevard? Brevard. Brevard. Okay. Um, with Brevard's addition here now, I just love the variety of talent Oregon is compiling at wide receiver. You have Franklin, who is extremely explosive, makes everything look really easy. Um, you get the ball in his hands, and it's like he could probably score from just about anywhere on the field, regardless of what's in front of him. You have Kyron Ware-Hudson. I just love the fact that he's really kind of that Anquan Bolden, maybe a little Josh Huff kind of bully ball guy. And then Brevard is six foot four, 210 pounds, uh, long arms I I watch him and think he has the ability to really become a great red zone target I don't know if he's exactly Devin Williams and of course Oregon fans haven't seen Devin Williams at either so he's a bit of a mystery but Williams is they're similar size at 6'4 about 200 210 pounds long lean athletes Um, I think Williams is probably a little bit more explosive in the open field but Brevard is really great around the red zone and you you get him in a jump ball situation there with the defensive back and even if the defensive back's a little bit on the larger side he wins most of those battles. So this is another one of those situations where I think Oregon is going out um, and getting another big jump ball wide receiver. It's something that Oregon didn't have really. And you think about the Marcus Mariota teams and, and even Justin Herbert's teams the last couple of years typically don't have these big bodied six, four, six, five guys. I know Jawan Johnson um, was big down the stretch last season for Herbert, but before that really hadn't had those kind of bodies. I love what they're doing, getting a body like this. I know Dante Thornton is another prospect. And we'll mention him probably later in the podcast that, Oregon is in on in a good shape with that wide receiver. He's another 6'4", 6'5", guy. Kevin, I love these body types. I think this is great for Oregon. I think Joe Moorhead clearly uh, really liked Brevard based upon their history together. And I think this tells you a lot about kind of the body types they're looking for at the position going forward, right? Yeah, I I definitely think that 
you look at what Jawan Johnson in his limited impact that he had this year, but I don't mean limited as in what he did. It just, he didn't have as much opportunity because he was injured early in the season. But when he did come in, I mean, he had some of the most important possessions of Oregon's season, uh, whether it was the Washington state game or that final drive in the Rose bowl to kind of kill out the clock. I mean, right. Having a big receiver that can make those catches is, essential especially when you go back and look at what Moorhead did at Mississippi State and when he was the offensive coordinator at Penn State so uh, I I think you're you're gonna start to see Oregon target these bigger bodies that they just haven't had in the past and I think it's gonna make a really nice impact on the the overall offensive re re re-scheme that Moorhead has instituted. Let's talk about Moorhead in the state of Mississippi. And anybody listening, and I know Matt, uh, Kevin's already said on the podcast, uh, Joe Moorhead was the head coach at Mississippi State for a couple of years before coming to Oregon as the offensive coordinator. Kevin, the state of Mississippi is a really talented state. You look at their rankings. I mean, there's always 10 to 20, maybe even more four-star or five-star recruits, those elite recruits. They have a lot of them down there. Oregon has not historically had any success really at all in Mississippi until recently. How much of this do you think is due to Joe Moorhead? And, and it, could this be something that going forward, that state could be one where they have some more success? Because like I said, you look at the rankings and this is a state that is not a bad one to have a pipeline into. I mean, you, you just go back and look at Oregon just kind of in the South. Yes. They've pulled some guys like Ugo Amai out of Tennessee, if a kid's historically out of Florida here and there. But Oregon has never really done well in Louisiana, um, Alabama, and Mississippi. I mean, in the 247 era or the recruiting internet era, stating back to 2001, Oregon signed its first Mississippi high school prospect last cycle with Trey Benson. So the Ducks kind of haven't – not even kind of. They just haven't really – made their mark in the state of Mississippi. A few kids from Mississippi JUCOs, since JUCO football is big down out there. Um, but realistically, it, it's starting to grow. And I think Moorhead's impact uh, is going to be big because the one thing people say about Joe Moorhead is how great a guy he is, how great a recruiter he is. The, the impact he made in two years, well, maybe not the results on the field that Mississippi State wanted, People remember him, remember how kind he was, how good a recruiter he was to the local community. And I think that's going to be remembered for a long time, especially as Oregon becomes a national power and recruits nationally and starts to pull these kids out of states they haven't historically recruited. I think you look at when Moorhead was hired, the amount of offers that went out in Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana and Arkansas, I mean, Oregon doesn't recruit those states historically. Yes, with Mario Cristobal and Bobby Williams coming from Alabama, you saw some Alabama traction pick up, with whether it's Traquez Bridges, Robbie Ashford, Jason Jones the past few years. I think Oregon's just going to start pulling some of those SEC bodies that just plain to say it don't exist on the West Coast. So, And if they do, it's few and far between, and Oregon hasn't historically won those battles. So I think this is a... Good development for Oregon. Uh, you see Oregon's staff really starting to make inroads. I mean, Jim Mastro was the one that went and got Benson, and he had a good relationship and almost pulled one of Benson's teammates, uh, Dylan Johnson, who ended up actually going to Mississippi State, committing to Joe Moorhead. So I think that's just going to be something to watch um, as the Ducks go forward. 
think people think of Joe Moorhead, they think offensive genius strategist. I don't know if they necessarily connect recruiting to it. Um, I think this is a good example of, of why that's not necessarily a fair way to, I guess, consider Moorhead. Um, he has had success as a recruiter. Um, Man, I didn't even mention Brian McClendon, <laughs> former two four seven from the southeast. Yeah, or Oregon, and then that's—I don't think that's by mistake. Oregon's definitely um, diversifying its class, uh, its coaching staff in terms of geography, and I think that's going to be a benefit going forward. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on today's Ots and Audible's podcast. We'll be back to talk maybe long term. Who else might commit? Uh, and what else might be the future for the wide receiver position in 2021? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, we're back on the Ots and Audibles podcast. Eric Scopel and Kevin Wade here breaking down Isaiah Brevard's verbal commitment on, we should say, the 4th of July. Uh, happy 4th. I don't think I said it at the top of the show. I'm sure everybody is. Uh, I'm not sure if you're listening to this on the 4th of July. Maybe you're drinking a cold one uh, and firing off some fireworks and, and, and threw this on because you're excited about the commitment. Maybe you're listening to this later on this weekend. Um, either way, thanks for listening. I wanted to start this segment just by talking long-term and we do this for most of these emergency recruit commitment podcasts, just because uh, I think it's worth it to look and see what this could, what this could do for the roster down the stretch. And, and you look at the wide receiver position. We've already said it a couple of times, three verbal commitments um, in the class of 2021. Now with what they have on the roster that would be available in 2021, there'd be a ton of wide receivers. And we knew this going, we already knew this, that Oregon returns, nine wide receivers from 2020 to 2021. The only two they lose are seniors, Jalen Red and Johnny Johnson. And we should know, I guess it's, it's in theory possible player goes early to the NFL draft, player retires, player transfer. And we can talk about some of that a little bit later. But I look at that and think you got 12 wide receivers potentially on the roster heading into 2021. That's almost a surplus. I mean, that's almost a, a couple guys too many. And especially considering the fact that organizing gets standing with a recruit like a Dante Thornton, possibly a player like a Xavier Worthy, um, two other top 100 wide receiver recruits. I, I think I'm starting to look at this thinking there's going to need to be some turnover on the roster at this position. Um, I will say with Brevard, like I think it's a situation where he plays, I think he's going to play a similar situation to what we see Brian Addison, Devin Williams, Lance Wilhoyt, and Jarrah Waters where, where they were at in the spring. Um, under Joe Moorhead and I know that position is a position Moorhead has said before they really utilize that a lot that's kind of been a go-to position at wideout I think Brevard fits into that mold that position group and you look at the guys there by the time he arrives in 2021 you'd have Addison and Williams as juniors and you'd have Wilhoyt and Waters as sophomores 
I think there's a good chance Brevard can arrive on campus as a freshman in 2021, at least challenge for playing time, maybe not win the job because there are four um, players of similar size and skill set already on the roster with a little more experience. But by the time the 2022 season rolls around, a couple of those guys could be seniors. Maybe they go pro. Maybe a couple of guys transfer. I think that's about when you could see a player um, like Brevard starting to make an impact. So I'm not thinking this is immediate impact. But I do think this is a guy who maybe by a redshirt freshman or a redshirt sophomore season a couple years down the line could be a really big impact guy because I love his body type. Uh, I love the way he goes and fights for the football. And a quarterback, we should mention, Ty Thompson was just tearing it up at the Elite 11. I think those two could be great together, um, especially with the way Thompson throws the ball around the red zone. Yeah. Thompson showed during his pro day workout at the elite 11. I think that was one of the takeaways is that he's able to hit those sideline targets, kind of those rail shot type throws just really effectively on the move. Uh, and that's going to give Oregon a really nice package. Cause he, he's a little, he is a pro style quarterback, but he has that dual threat in his pocket, which is just going to make Joe Moorhead's red zone offense so much more potent. Let's really quickly talk about who could be next to commit. I know there are two Oregon targets who have scheduled commitments in the next seven days. Um, let's run through that really quick, Kevin. Uh, yeah, so uh, defensive lineman Keanu Williams out of uh, Central California area is set to announce on July 11th. Oregon is one of the finalists in that decision. Um, they currently are the leader on the 247 Sports Crystal Ball uh, and have kind of just had the momentum. I mean, it's been Oregon and Stanford are kind of the two schools. Uh, USC's in there as well a little bit. Um, but you, you you just kind of read the tea leaves, read what he's saying, and Oregon definitely feels like the, the school that looks to be in the best shape to land that commitment in just over a week. Um, should note that he is committing on Saturday the 11th, so I think that's just – back-to-back Saturday commitments potentially that could be something new for the Ducks because it's been Friday commitments uh, going back. Um, the other prospect set to commit is Xavier Worthy. Uh, Xavier Worthy was going to commit in late June, pushed back his decision date, uh, said he could commit maybe in August or even go all the way to December. Uh, but now he's looking like he's going to commit on um, July 10th, according to, uh, the Michigan Insiders, Sam Webb. Let's let's take a second here to talk about the worthy Brevard. I guess we can throw Thornton's name in there because they're uncommitted targets, and I guess Brevard is just committed. But it felt like they were going to take four in this class. Um, and we've now kind of heard that maybe five is a possibility. But with worthy, it it, it sounds like it may be going away from Oregon now and kind of like Let's talk just really quickly about this Brevard-worthy kind of scenario here because it really felt like Worthy was going to commit to Oregon when he posted his initial commitment date a few weeks back. He backed off on that, and suddenly Brevard commits, and now Worthy is set to commit going forward. And if you look at the crystal ball, it's not really in Oregon's favor right now. Yeah, it it did definitely shift. I think – I don't think it was necessarily a a Brevard-worthy – either or type scenario for Oregon. I think uh, it just happened to be that a lot of factors played out at the exact same time. Um, There was definitely some hesitation when Worthy looked like he was going to commit. All signs were pointing to that it would be Oregon he would commit to back in June. But then 
for a multitude of reasons, he's publicly said on his Instagram, it was his mom that made him push back. Um, but he decided that he wanted to take some visits, maybe look around a little bit. Um, and now he's saying he's ready to commit again. But as we've noted, it's turning away from Oregon. I think it kind of brings up an interesting scenario is Oregon probably could take five wide receivers. But as we mentioned in the last segment, there's already so many wide receivers on the roster. Could they really run into the 2021 season with 14 wide receivers? That just, I mean, 14 offensive linemen, sure, because you got five on the field every time. 14 wide receivers seems a little bit much. And I I just, I don't think that's reasonable. I think um, we'll kind of see what ends up happening when Worthy does make that decision. And I, I don't think the doc, Ducks will stop recruiting him, but it definitely – you look at the roster, and I don't want to say you you want to lose a battle because Worthy is an elite speedster. He'd bring a lot to the Ducks on the football field and the track as well. Um, so I, I don't think it's a battle that you're okay losing necessarily, but it's definitely uh, – well, you, you already have so many wide receivers. It's not the end of the world to me. I'm in agreement, although I will say of the – film reviews and the highlights I've watched of Oregon offensive targets. I think Worthy, along with Franklin and maybe Seven McGee, Worthy's tape is awesome and really explosive and exciting. And, and wherever he ends up, if it's not Oregon, is getting a, a really fantastic football player. I think the Deshaun Jackson comparison, I think, I can't remember if it's Biggins. I think it was Biggins who made. I think that's just a, a fantastic comparison and, and Worthy, yeah. absolutely worthy of that comparison. So um, if this is a miss for Oregon, and, and as Kevin said, I don't think they stop recruiting even if he picks – another school um it would certainly be a player that it, it would it would hurt to miss out on i think because of what he can provide on the, the one but the one similarity to me is uh and it's recent and it has to do with michigan is uh giles jackson i don't know if you yeah. remember him um a few cycles ago uh came to oregon saturday night live really wanted to be uh a member of oregon's recruiting class and then uh ended up not just because the way everything shook out. I think he, he kind of, as a recruit, looked more like an all-purpose back, and now he's become a, a very fast, versatile weapon for Michigan. So uh, it is a guy that stings to lose out on, but I guess if the Ducks do lose out on him, um, silver lining is that he's playing all the way out in Michigan, who's, who's <laughs> not on Oregon's schedule. So That's a uh, point. Yeah, at least he's not going to USC or Arizona State, which – always seem to have those skilled players that give Oregon difficulty. Uh, let's just finish it up here. And we've kind of mentioned this before, but four receivers, five receivers, what seems reasonable to you, Kevin? Cause I, like we've said, I mean, if they take five and, and either way, it's going to be 13 or 14 receivers on scholarship that have eligibility for 2021. And of course there's ways that that, that number is a lot less or is at least a different number by the time they actually start a season. But I mean, four, four is the number we've been talking about. Five is the number we've seen brought up the last couple of days by a variety of insiders from 247 Sports. Where do you kind of land on that? And, and like, for me, I just think five seems like a crazy number considering how many they already bring back. I think five, if some things happen, uh, some attrition, whether or some position changes potentially, yeah. uh, I, I this is complete speculation. But remember that Brian Addison was listed as a defensive back. Uh, on 247 Sports. Uh, I think he got moved to an athlete when he signed with UCLA because uh, that's where UCLA wasn't sure, but he was listed as a defensive back for the longest time as a recruit. So 
just putting that one out there. Um, I think four kind of sounds like the number. And if I'm the Ducks, I happy that I've got three in the bag. Uh, I think a poster on duck territory said a Brevard in the hand, which I think is the uh, perfect way to put this. You got the commitment in hand and um, you celebrate that. Then you go fight to go get at least one more. And uh, Dante Thornton, I think is that guy. So I think you take four, be happy to get the three that you've got, hold on to those. Don't let them flip anywhere else and then go after Dante Thornton. Thornton, a really highly regarded recruit in his own right. Another top 100 player. Um, certainly in addition that Oregon fans would be very excited about. Um, and so I think that's where we're going to end this podcast. So for Eric Scopel and Kevin Wade, thank you for listening to the Ots and Audibles podcast, and we'll talk to you folks later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right.